Okay, very good. Now, I know this is the, the time period after lunch, and so I, I was the one that used to fall asleep in class after lunch, and so my teachers would call me out, and it was never very fun. So I will not call any of you out if you do fall asleep, but we're going to move pretty fast uh, with an overview of the U.S. data center market. How many of you in the room have heard of Data Center Hawk? Anyone in here before? Okay, very good. Well, let me explain very quickly. Uh, we have a platform called Data Center Hawk, and it's basically, uh, we set it up four years ago for data center users, providers, and investors to connect with one another to understand more about uh, this space that we're in. And if you're like me, uh, you're very excited to be in this market. I really think that uh, over the next five years, we're going to see growth, and I'm going to show you some, some of this in a minute, uh, that we've never seen before in the industry. And if you've been in the industry over the last three years, you know this has been um, a time like no other. Uh, so today what I want to do, I want to walk through several of the trends that we're tracking at Data Center Hawk as it relates to data center providers, data center users, data center investors. I want to show you how the U.S. data center markets have grown over the last three to five years and then what we think the market size will be in the next uh, two years. And this really illustrates uh, the growth that we've seen uh, from a lot of larger data center users but also smaller ones as well. And then I want to talk about how that's impacting pricing, because that is at the core of how these deals are getting done. And then I want to hit uh, a couple of uh, comments on the future, and then open it up to any, any questions that you might have. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it in 30 minutes, and we're going to move fast. Um, the first thing I want to do, and this will be available for, uh, for anyone who, is, who needs it at the end, but uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that we're seeing related to these different three types of entities in the data center industry. One is uh, that if you think about the data center operator today, uh, some of the deals and the transaction sizes that are out there are larger than any that we've seen in the industry. And so uh, the supply chain is top of mind. In fact, if you listen, how many listened to the digital realty earnings call yesterday? Anybody? Okay, yes, okay, a couple, a couple of us did. One of the things they said on that call and multiple data center operators are communicating to the market is uh, our supply chain is very important to how we can serve customers moving forward, especially as these requirement sizes are as large as they are. And so this is something that we're seeing, um, you know, continuing to be on their radar. Um, another thing is if you're into data center design, you know that over the last five years, we've seen the data center uh, facility design totally change uh, to meet the market. So, uh, you know, at the UPS systems, the generator systems, the cooling, uh, we, we almost see a less redundant product today than we did uh, five to, to seven years ago in order to really serve where the market is. Tier four obviously is no longer what um, top enterprises might need. And as an example of this, I've, I've actually got a list of data center facilities that illustrate how uh, much larger they are, are being built today. So as an example, I was uh, last month in Northern Virginia, and so here are some of the building sizes that are in Northern Virginia today. Uh, Digital Realty's building L is 96 megawatts, uh, fully leased, uh, and they've done that in about uh, 18 months. Cyrus One's Kinkora facility in Northern Virginia, 72 megawatts. Uh, Raging Wires VA4, VA5 facilities, they used to build facilities to 16 megawatt size, they're now building at 32 megawatts. Uh, QTS is now delivering uh, sizes of facilities at 32 megawatts. Uh, if you think about it, I'll just speak to Dallas very quickly. Uh, Digital Realty has a very large footprint, footprint in Richardson. The first building they built was a building 1232 Alma. It was 6.75 megawatts. If you know data center design, this was their 1125 uh, KW TKD. Uh, their newest building, 1210 Integrity, will serve 36 megawatts. So we're really seeing the design changes, especially of those providers, 
um, being impacted by the large opportunities that are out there today. And then I think that the third thing I want to focus on from a provider standpoint is that these large requirements often create supply challenges for uh, data center operators, meaning this, when they go and they do a 10 megawatt deal, a 20 megawatt deal, a 30 megawatt deal, I know it sounds crazy, but those are deal sizes that have actually happened over the last 12 months in the industry and in the US, you know, they have a pipeline of other enterprise users, 500 kW, 250 kW, 20 cabinets, um, you know, a megawatt, and what it creates is a challenge on where to place those from a supply standpoint. And so you're seeing a lot of other data center operators be able to compete on those transactions in the market today. From a user perspective, I think the key takeaway that we're seeing at Data Center Hawk is that the data center user is becoming more mature. Uh, if you think about where enterprises were five years ago and where they are today, uh, the way that IT organizations are viewing their IT infrastructure, the way their applications interact with one another, uh, you have a very mature data center user. And because of that, you're really seeing hybrid solutions be one of the keys to their success, which is where they will actually utilize different components of co-location, uh, cloud, and other um, application components to ensure that they have a solution that will serve them not only for today, but also in the future. It's one of the biggest challenges for IT organizations today is how do you decide on your IT infrastructure for what we need right now, knowing that in a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, it will look totally different. Uh, that's a hard position to be in, and so they're really working uh, to figure out what that means for the organization, and that's why the hybrid solution is something that they're really looking to, uh, to play out. We, we also see flexibility driving opportunities. So data center users today are really looking at how flexible can we be. And so if you think from a provider standpoint, they have really changed the way they serve these data center users because they do want to accommodate uh, what their requirements are not only today but in the future. Uh, and then from an investment standpoint, you know, M&A activity is still very active in the space. 2017 was a banner year for uh, M&A activity in the data center industry. And so we haven't seen it to the levels that we, in 2018, that we saw it in 2017, but it's, but it's still very active. There's more capital uh, in the data center industry today than there ever has been before, which I think is a good thing for the market. Um, investment groups are looking at the space really from two different angles. One is to support you know, uh, publicly traded data center operators as well as privately owned data center operators that are competing against one another. And then there's a, another group of investors that are focused more on the entrepreneurial side. So um, I think it was an Uptime Institute report in 2017 that said that they surveyed over a thousand companies and they got back the data that said 65% of those companies still had significant applications in owned and operated infrastructure by the company. So that was just a year ago. So there's still a tremendous amount of uh, enterprise data center activity that uh, will come out of that into either co-location or cloud. So uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, if you're like me, we talk a lot about cloud and we talk a lot about the leading edge of this stuff. But the reality is a lot of companies are still in the middle and they're still trying to figure out how do we just migrate our current um, applications to co-location or to cloud. And so I think you'll see a lot of that moving forward. And it's one of the reasons the investors are looking at um, basically sale leaseback opportunities. So talking to end users about their data center infrastructure, and if they've over-provisioned, which many of them have, uh, how they can get out of that and then monetize that the best for uh, their company. So these are some of the trends that we're um, seeing in the market today. What I want to do here is show you how the markets have taken place. This is actually fascinating. We did this, I think we did this last year at this event, but 
what you see from a circle perspective is the amount of commission, multi-tenant data center commission power in each one of these markets. So unless you have like incredible vision, it's hard to see the numbers. Don't worry about it. Uh, but just to give you some context, so Northern Virginia, this is 2015. This is when we at Data Center Hawk Hawk started tracking these markets. In 2015, Northern Virginia was at 500 megawatts of commission power. Okay, so this, so what I'm going to show you now is year to date. Okay, so basically what this shows you is that Northern Virginia has basically doubled the market size in the last three years. The last three years in Northern Virginia, the market size has doubled. I'm going, to, I'm going to go back real quick to 2015. Dallas has basically added a third of the market. Chicago has almost doubled. You can see the growth in Silicon Valley or Northern California. And I'll just speak to that. I think Northern California growth would be a lot more, except uh, if you are from the, the Northern California area, you know real estate's <laughs> very challenging to acquire. And so it's one of the reasons that growth there has been, um, I believe, a little bit inhibited. If you run that same analysis, so again, 2015, 2018, if we take the same uh, uh, growth analytics from those last three years and put it to 2020, this is where the market size is. And so we are seeing massive growth in the industry over the last three years, and we think it will continue over the next several years. In fact, I, I was reading a study just yesterday on a podcast that we do, and we were talking about how um, uh, IDC just released a report in 2017 that says in the next 10 years, the amount, the amount of data that we produce will basically grow by 10 times. So that, that creates obviously a lot of excitement and also a lot of challenges for how companies utilize that data and where they put it and how it interacts together. But that's what's driving a lot of this demand. A lot of this demand is driven by very large cloud hyperscale operators, which we're actually talking about today at 440, not to plug another session, but uh, we've got a couple of guys that are and, and people that are speaking on this. Uh, but that's a lot of the growth that you see is related to large hyperscale cloud transactions, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Facebook, those type of companies. It's really fascinating. And it's something that, you know, I think I take a step back from doing what we're doing. And, uh, and it's, you know, you think about the, the industry that we're a part of, and this is really exciting because I think not only is where we are today, but where we're moving in the future um, is there's a lot of activity that's going to take place. Um, it doesn't, that's a great question, it does not include Eastern Washington. Um, so that'd be one of the reasons that it, that it looks like that. Uh, from a pricing standpoint, this is what we're, we're seeing uh, as it relates to three different types of uh, data center transactions that we track at Data Center Hawk. Uh, you know, I think what's driving a lot of this is the co-location side of things, and there's just a couple things that I'd point out. Number one, it's really important to recognize, you'll hear a lot about price compression in the market. The market's become a lot more competitive today than it was 10 years ago. Um, and so that's, that's impacted rates and that makes sense. The other thing I'd mention though that I don't think we in the data center industry talk a lot about is, is that the product has changed. You know, what they were building uh, you know, seven, eight years ago, even three to five years ago is different than what's being built today. And so there's, uh, there's efficiencies that have been gained because of that. So you have seen price compression just related to the product that's out in the market today. Um, the hyperscale transactions that are taking place, so these are deals that we would classify 10 megawatts and higher. We put them in a, a whole other category just because of the relationships that these companies have with the data center operators. Uh, the size of the transactions are very large. Typically these can be open book deals where the, the data center users are very aware of the way that the um, capital is being put into the deal and things like that. So 
That's almost in a separate category, and then we're starting to really get our arms around, okay, what is enterprise data center user pricing? So deal sizes that would be more in the uh, 20 cabinets and higher, you know, 20 cabinets to five megawatts, those type of deal sizes. Um, from an existing data center perspective, these are data centers that have been, you know, owned and operated by the companies themselves. A number of these data centers are trading in the market today, and there's a number of reasons why. Um, but we've seen the, the, the cost average of those prices go up this year compared to what it was last year. Not a lot, but it is increasing. And these sale leasebacks continue to be on the radar for not only investors that are in the market today, but also data center operators. You know, the quickest way you can get into a market um, besides going out and buying a piece of land, uh, d permitting it, designing it, and, and, and building it is to, to acquire another company or another company's asset. And so this is something that we've seen a number of data center operators do to make sure they're in the market. Um, it's definitely something that we're seeing uh, on an international basis. Um, and I know we're talking about the US, but we're definitely seeing um, the acquisition of companies as well as assets in international markets because data center operators really want to be in front of that demand uh, when it comes. And then, so when we started at Data Center Hawk, I always say, you know, land sites, when you think about the amount of money that is poured into a data center facility on the raised floor, the shell, all of the things, the equipment, all the things that go into it, the site and the amount of money that's there is typically a rounding error, just a very small component of the overall cost. Um, what we have seen is that really change. As you've seen markets like Northern Virginia, uh, you know, uh, continue to grow. Uh, now there's, there's data center operators that are paid over a million dollars an acre for land in, in Ashburn. Uh, and so it's pushed development into other parts of that market. You're seeing that also in, in Silicon Valley, obviously, uh, because of the, the tightly uh, constrained data or, uh, real estate market. And so land and access to land is something that is very important today for data center operators if they're wanting to serve data center users in the future. Um, as an example, Digital Realty bought f over 400 acres in Northern Virginia uh, in the last two months uh, on one site. Um, in Silicon Valley, they were very active in, in purchasing uh, sites. Cyrus One bought a site in Silicon Valley. I mean, you're seeing data center operators really land bank, and that's something that we think will continue as they look to make sure that they can house some of these larger uh, hyperscale deals as well as the enterprise data center deals in the market. Um, as it relates to the future, I think that we will see record levels of absorption uh, in 2018. In fact, uh, in Northern Virginia in the second quarter of 2018, we saw over 150 megawatts of absorption. All that means is new deals coming into the market. So companies that are acquiring data center power and space and those deals getting signed in that quarter, over 150 megawatts in Northern Virginia in the second quarter alone. Uh, Dallas, on average, on an annual basis, does anywhere from 30 to 40 megawatts. So they did 150 in one quarter. Chicago does anywhere from 20 to 50 megawatts in a year. Uh, Silicon Valley, you know, less than that. So we think, though, that because of what's happening in Northern Virginia and other markets as well, you'll see record levels of absorption. The other thing I think that's really important is network is becoming such an important part of not only the data center uh, users. Uh, view of the market, but also what a data center provider has created and how that works well with facilities that they have as well as facilities that are owned and operated by the data center user. Um, so as 5G rolls out, uh, as companies depend more and more on wireless networks, we really think that network is going to become uh, uh, a more important part of that decision-making process for 
for end users. Um, the other thing that I, that I mentioned before about the, the supply chain, I would really pay attention to this. You know, data center operators are looking to lock in uh, costs uh, at a long, you know, for a long range of time, for one year, two years, three years, so that they're protected against any changes that might impact the overall real estate market, the labor that it takes to, to build data center facilities. Uh, and I think those that have solid vendor agreements will have a construction cost advantage. Um, you know, more than ever, if you want to go out and help a 30 megawatt customer find a, a, a data center that they can, to, uh, can go into, they are looking for three things. Um, flexibility, um, they're looking for speed to market, um, and, and they're looking for just a continual way to uh, scale up over time. And that is something that we think will you know, continue to grow, especially as these users are depending more and more uh, on the data center operator community. Uh, okay, so we've zoomed through this. Again, we've talked about trends in the market. We've talked about market growth. We've talked about pricing. We've talked about the future. So I'm gonna give you a chance in just a minute to ask any question that you want. Love to answer it uh, in, in any way that we can. But I'm a big believer in uh, what's happening in this industry. I mean, we've, we've staked our you know, careers on it, as many of you have as well. And uh, there's not a company that we can find today that's depending less on technology. And so obviously that technology is residing within you know, these data center facilities. It's like I have to help my mom understand who tells me all the time that her, you know, well, my, my stuff is just in the cloud. And I'm, mom, they're, they're, you recognize the cloud is actually in a facility somewhere, uh, you know, either in a major market or a secondary market. And so, you know, it's almost an invisible world that our, that our, our friends and families don't even realize is out there and we're right in the middle of it. And so it's a, it's a really fun and fascinating market. Um, I'm happy to share this information with you at the end or do anything that you need with it. You can take it, uh, you know, just reference our stuff, that's great. But let me pause for a minute and see if, if there's any questions or I can answer anything that might have come up during uh, the discussion. So David, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about network will grow in importance, is that network exchange or is that network infrastructure? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's really, um, it's probably both, but, but I, you know, when we look at that, we really think of the infrastructure that it's gonna take to support what's gonna happen. I mean, and I think that um, as you think of companies that become more mature in the way they deploy their IT infrastructure uh, and the way uh, their uh, computers talk to one another and the way they depend on technology, I think that we're massively behind in the way that the infrastructure is needed uh, to, to catch up with that. And so that's really what we're talking about when we, when we say that. And does your uh, study now look at uh, telephone central office and central switch? Yes, yeah, so it, it, it doesn't. I mean, our, our data is really tied to what we would consider, you know, typical data center multi-tenant facilities. So there's a whole, and I'm, this is a great point, I mean, there is a whole other world that we are right on the edge of as it relates to, um, you know, the edge data center market. And, and a lot of that obviously is tied into that. And you've seen some companies that are now spending some significant dollars to chase the opportunities that are there. And, I, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, I think it's a long play, so it's something that you got to be in for a while if you get in it. But um, you know, I think those that are in it now will benefit, not just you know a year from now, three years from now, but ten years from now. So I think the work they're doing now will pay off. 
Yes, sir. Are you seeing any emerging markets? I mean, the parts are great, but a lot of this is really kind of like an anomaly when you start looking at the hyperscale guys. Because the hyperscale guys initially we thought it was, it was really just a flash in the pan. Sure. But today it's real. Yeah. These guys are really driving the market. And because you're seeing such difficulties in getting into some of these cities, some of these companies are going to other markets, like, for example, Google going into Clarksville, Tennessee. Sure. Uh, others going into Oklahoma. So are you seeing a trend where perhaps we're going to see some emerging markets that aren't just there yet? but in the future, they could be on that map. Yes, okay, that's a great question. I think you, you brought up several good points. So the question is really regarding, and I don't know if everyone was able to hear, but around emerging markets. And are we seeing any additional areas uh, start to, to pop up uh, as those that are gonna house some of these larger requirements? Um, you know, five years ago, the companies that have placed very large deployments in now major markets with co-location providers uh, before were uh, building, owning, and operating data center, large data center facilities on their own. And they were really chasing cheap power and uh, aggressive tax incentives and you know, relatively free hazard risk areas. Uh, I think what we've seen today is they have definitely wanted to be closer to larger markets, uh, you know, areas that have relatively low costs but not the cheapest costs. Uh, and so it's, it's a strategic uh, uh, location that they're wanting to be in. Um, and, and I do think there are markets that, that, that look really good. We just haven't seen the, someone take a big chunk yet. And, and I'll give you good examples, Portland or the Hillsborough area. You know, we're seeing a lot of activity in that market right now. There's a lot of companies, uh, end users, I think, larger end users that would say, we like that area. There's some interesting connectivity opportunities there from some of the sub, subsea cables that are coming into that area. Um, and, but we haven't seen like a massive deal take place there yet. So um, I definitely think, you know, a market like that is really interesting. Um, you, you still have activity. I think some of the bigger companies are gonna run a dual strategy, which is where they will actually build on and operate different data centers in the markets. You know, you mentioned Oklahoma, you mentioned um, Clarksville uh, and some of those areas. Uh, but I do think they're continuing to take down power and, and space with the publicly traded data center operators as well as some of the privately owned ones. So right now that's how it appears. Uh, we think that will continue to be, you know, and we're, again, we're not talking to those companies about their strategy, but we think that strategy will continue until we see something different. Great question. Any other questions? Yes, sir. One on energy. Okay. There have been two sites, one by uh, Lawrence Berkeley National Lab and another one by Amiki. And they've shown from 2008, LBNL to 14, Miki to 2016, that the total energy consumption by the data center industry is only going up by 1% year, year to year. What's this? Is this going to have an effect on that? And um, if I'm understanding your question right, you're asking about if, if the energy uh, use by these, these these data center numbers is going to impact the growth that's taking no, this going to impact that number because this is I mean it's been a flat basically a flat sure, line sure and the estimated usage has gone up 16 times with a flat uh, 
uh, energy consumption. I look at this and I, I see, you know, all of a sudden we, that curve is going to take us a year. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it could. I mean, I'm, I'm not an energy expert, but um, I mean, based on your hypothesis there, I'd probably agree with you, it could. What other questions? Yes, sir. Come on. On, on the energy, again, uh, I think this is really an important point. And I just wonder what you're seeing from the hyperscale primarily. As they do look for incentives in these communities in 2008, they were like high states. Yeah. And yeah. It's grown a little bit. Yeah. Today there's 30. Yeah. Colorado, by the way, is not one of them. <laughs> uh, they're more interested in. Yeah. Um, on the energy side, more and more companies try to drive down those costs. Yep. And we've seen two interesting things happen in the last year. One was Google purchased a former TVA coal plant in Jackson, Alabama. And we just saw David Feldman purchase a plant in, uh, in Indiana. Yep. So are you seeing this as a potential new trend? Or some of these companies recognize that energy really is important and you need to take a different look. Yeah, that's a great question around energy and how some of these larger companies are viewing that today. You know, I think there's two reasons. I think, number one, those companies really want to do the right thing around their energy use. They recognize that they utilize more energy than many, you know, most Fortune 1000s combined. Um, so, so there's that piece of it. The other piece, I think, is the public perception. And you know, as data centers become more and more understood by the, you know, uh, I would say business world, consumer world, uh, wanting to make sure they're positioning themselves right as it relates to renewable energy. Uh, so I think that, again, and I think this is with five to 10 companies that are the largest users that are out there. I think they have a very, uh, I would say, sophisticated view of how they want to consume, consume their energy. Um, and are making decisions based on that. Uh, I think most users, at least what we've seen, and you all probably have a good um, you know, opinion of this as well, but I think most users traditionally like the idea of, of, of renewable energy, like the thought process behind it, but when they see some of the cost com components and if there are increases in certain costs, they will, you know, that's not something they'll pull the trigger on. So that's how we're seeing, seeing it today. I certainly think it's on the radar of a lot of companies. In fact, you've also seen data center operators that are now doing some of these larger transactions that are communicating to the market that they will be 100% you know, renewable energy by a certain date. So I think probably a lot of the interactions they're having with those customers is leading to that. Other questions, comments? Well, very good. If you're interested in finding out more, our site is datacenterhawk.com. So another thing, we do a lot of content. So we, we sit down and we talk to people that are much smarter than me. I know that's hard for you to believe, but uh, data center providers, CEOs, uh, leaders in the space, experts. So we have social media, a YouTube channel with all that on there. So if you're ever interested in that, you can check it out. Other than that, thank you all very much for being here. We really appreciate it.